couldn't believe it. They, I mean, the first thing they did, like you've just said, is um, age. What are you doing that for at your age? But I want to keep going as long as possible. It's about allocating resources in the right way, utilising the levy effectively, ensuring entry-level apprenticeships are supported. Apprenticeships originally are all about a tool of social justice and trying to give an opportunity to everybody, and we can't forget that. I've had that just desire just to push on and get to where I want to be and when this application came up I just was myself. I knew what I was capable of and what I can do. A lot more needs to be done to support small businesses particularly. We're in very much a small business economy now. You know if you've got a good company behind you, you've got a good training department who give you as much support as is humanly possible then I think you know, in all honesty, you should go for it. There are so many more pros than cons to apprenticeships. And please, please always consider it. It is totally worth it. It's actually changed my life, really. Welcome to All About Apprenticeships, brought to you by the HomeServe Foundation. I'm Georgie Frost. Shortly, we'll be talking all about partnerships. But before that, just a reminder, we're into series three now of this podcast. So whether you're thinking of a career change, just starting out, or you're a business considering taking on an apprentice, take a listen to previous episodes. There's something in there for everyone. You can find us on the HomeServe Foundation website or in your usual podcast places. Now, coming up in this episode, I can do things you cannot. You can do things I cannot. Together, we can do great things. Now, Mother Teresa probably wasn't referring to apprenticeships when she said that, but she may as well have been, because a good apprenticeship scheme is all about that partnership between the employer and the training provider. But how do you get it right? In a moment, we'll be speaking to Paul Wright, apprenticeship lead at the Cooperative Bank, and Anne Wright, no relation, I understand, who is the managing director of their training provider, WorkPace. But before that, here's Anna Morrison from Amazing Apprenticeships with her take on this week's big issue. Hello, my name is Anna Morrison and I'm the founder and director of Amazing Apprenticeships. So it's great, you've decided you want to offer an apprenticeship. The next step for you is going to be finding a training provider. So you may already have a provider in mind, perhaps there's a college or a university or an independent training provider in your local area or one that you've worked with previously and that can be a really great place to start. Um, but there are a few other ways to tell you about. So. There is a government website called Find an Apprenticeship Training Provider. It's on gov.uk. If you Google it, you'll be able to find it. And through this service, you can basically go through and filter your search to try and find the most appropriate training providers for yourself. So you can go in, you can add the title of the apprenticeship, the level, the category, um, you can then select the standard, the apprenticeship standard that you feel is going to be relevant. So there's lots of, like, you can go backwards and forwards. There's lots of different ways that you can filter the information. Um, you can also add your location. Um, so you can put your postcode in. Although that doesn't necessarily matter if you're not looking at a at your apprentice going in for kind of day release or block release with that training provider because lots and lots of training providers offer a kind of national program now and can use technology online learning to be able to support so you can play around with that system and then once you start filtering it down you can actually look at employer reviews for those training providers and most of the employers uh, sorry most of the training providers on there have a star rating from employers 
figures. So it kind of goes all the way up to five stars and you can also look at the pass rate. So that can be really useful. Don't be afraid to speak to lots of different training providers and ask them lots of questions. Um, I would definitely recommend that you speak to more than one training provider so that you can really get a sense for the different services that they can offer you and the different options that you have. When you do speak to a training provider, it can be really useful to ask them about their experience of working with other employers in your sector. So who do they deliver training to? Where are they based? What kind of size of business are they? Um, do they work with any other similar businesses to yours at the moment? So that might help to give you a sense of, of the breadth and scale of their provision. Do they have any other testimonials or case studies that they'd like to share with you? Or could they possibly put you in touch with any of the employers that they work with so that you could speak to those employers yourself? And um, you may want to ask them about the staff that are going to be delivering the apprenticeship. So what's their experience and um, what what experience, what relevant experience do they have of linking with roles like you're considering for your uh, for your apprentice? And um, you could ask about their Ofsted grade or other quality marks or awards or accolades that they may have won. Um, but I think crucially, it's really important to get down to how they're going to work with you as a business. So how is that apprenticeship going to be tailored to meet your needs? What are the different options? Perhaps there might be different units or projects that the apprentice could work on. What's the delivery model going to be like and how flexible is that delivery model? Will there be classroom based activities where apprentices will be with other apprentices or is it all going to be online? And I think it's really important to think about the experience of your apprentice in this. I know as a business owner, kind of it's really important for us that um, for some of our apprentices, they really need that classroom interaction with other apprentices. So that might be something that you prioritise. What will the process be for that ongoing support and development of your apprentice? So how are they going to work with you to report on progress? Um, and really importantly, if anything starts to go a bit wonky or perhaps the apprentice isn't making the progress that you would want, how, would, how will that training provider work with you to involve you in the process? So don't be afraid to ask lots of questions and, um, and really make sure that you're exploring everything with your training provider and gathering as many facts and as much information as you possibly can. And then finally, I would just say, ask other employers. I'm sure you've got other employers in your network, business owners or HR professionals who will be able to talk to you about the process they've gone through when they've been appointing a training provider and selecting a training provider. And um, what have they looked out for? What do they think are some of the points that are really important to consider as a business? And do they have any advice for you? Um, and then just finally, in every area of the country, we actually have networks of training providers. So if you were to reach out to your local enterprise partnership, your LEP, then they will be able to connect you in with your local training provider network so that you can really talk to some local training providers and find out who is in your local area. Thank you to Anna, as always. Now let's talk to Paul Wright, Apprenticeship Lead at the Cooperative Bank, and Anne Wright, who is the Managing Director of their training provider, WorkPays. Paul, Anne, welcome. Paul, firstly, tell us a little bit more, if you would, about the kind of apprenticeships that you offer. So at the Cooperative Bank, we offer uh, financial services apprenticeships mainly. Um, so we have some entry-level programmes 
for financial services level two, senior financial services level three. And we tend to get our biggest cohorts from those programs. However, being a bank, we have lots of different business areas as well. So we have apprenticeships right across the board, uh, HR, finance, risk, or any area that you can think of across a bank. Uh, we potentially have an apprenticeship program for it. Amazing. How important are your apprentices to your business now and to the future of your business? Extremely. So I took on this role in early 2020 and the goal was to raise the profile of apprenticeships across our bank and to establish an apprenticeships first approach to closing critical skills gaps across our business. Mm. And we've worked very hard along with WorkPays to achieve that. And it's a culture shift as well. Why did that become a priority at that time, do you think? The pandemic. So early 2020 was when the pandemic hit and it forced a lot of businesses to shift their thinking. Um, you know, a lot of businesses needed to think about their budgets, think about how they approach learning and development across their organization. And that was an area that we focused on. And I wanted to ensure that we had an apprenticeships first approach. So that's meant a lot of conversations with senior leadership, with uh, the executive to ensure that we have a bit of a culture shift in, in that way uh, to, to get leaders and, and lots of colleagues across the business to think about, I want to develop professionally and personally. What do I need to do? What can What's out there? Oh, I know. I'll take a look at an apprenticeship. How have you found that culture shift? Gone down well? Yes, it has very much so. Um, I, I think we found a lot of people felt like apprenticeships were just for young people 16 17 18 people mm. coming straight out of work it's not you know it, it just it isn't that way you know an apprenticeship can be for anybody you've got lots of different levels of program uh, aimed at lots of different abilities uh, depending on what you want to get into what your goal is um and we, yeah we've managed that shift well i think i think we've we've worked hard at it and um, we're in a much better space than we were when we started this journey a few years ago. A better space when you started this journey. I imagine it's a journey that will never end. But where do you hope to see this in five, ten years, even longer? Where, where will apprenticeships fit into the, the whole scheme, I suppose, of the cooperative bank? So for us, I think it's, it's about getting into a regular rhythm of activity. And that's what we've done over the last couple of years is establish that. Uh, so we've set the foundation now for that to continue moving forward. And the hope is to simply grow it, to continue it and to grow it further. So uh, one of the ways that we've achieved that with WorkPays over the, the course of the end of 2021 and moving into 2022 has been to um, establish where well, we've coined the phrase street to seat. Uh, and what that means is bringing in apprentices uh, into the organization on an apprenticeship program, whereas previously, we only really offered apprenticeships mm. to internal colleagues who were already within the business. And we've seen some fantastic candidates join the bank. Uh, we, we've seen an improvement in attrition rates uh, within those cohorts. So people staying with the bank in the early part of mm. uh, uh, in the early part of their journey. And just generally, it's been a really positive experience and WorkPays have been heavily involved in the selection of those, those candidates. And uh, we're very grateful for the support that we've had. We'll speak to Anne about that in more detail very shortly. But this is about partnerships. So what are you looking for in a training provider in your partnerships? We're quite specific at the Cooperative Bank because of our history and our values and ethics. So anytime that we onboard a supplier, they have to work in a similar way. 
and that's what's made the transition mm-hmm. to work with Workpace so easy and so smooth is because they do work exactly the same way. Their background and how they came to be is very similar to the cooperative bank. And yes, it's just made it an easy choice, I think, a, a few years ago when we entered that relationship. But we do ensure that we do all of our relevant checks. We make sure that the, the relationship is right for both parties. I think that's very important. It, it can't just be that because, you know, Workpays in this instance are the supplier. It can't be that it's all about what the bank wants and not about what Workpays want. Uh, I don't want to speak for Anne, mm-hmm. but hopefully Anne's found that, you know, that's that's been very much my approach to things is, is making sure that we, we think about Workpays and the impact on Workpays when the bank is asking for different things and just just that hybrid that working together that collaborative approach um, which has served us very well up to this point well i'll bring Anne in now um and just tell us a little bit more about workpays um well workpays we've been in this space now since 2010 and we've grown considerably over that period of time and i think um for us the last couple of years even though we've been through a pandemic has been a really good positive change for us we've We've uh, changed quite a few things within the business. Um, Paul's just mentioned working with, with, with the Cooperative Bank, for example. Uh, I think during that period of time, we, 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 did, we moved quite a lot, of, uh, a lot forward, didn't we, Paul, in terms of how we work together, understanding each other. Um, and I think from, from my perspective, uh, the apprenticeship is clearly the flagship um, flagship contract that we we hold we've got a million of other things but it's all all, all of our other contracts should culminate towards somebody going towards a, an apprenticeship um so any employability contracts we have at the end of it we should be looking to put them into an apprenticeship so we're a big advocate for it which i know we'll probably talk about later but um I think from my perspective, um, and as the managing director and part owner of the company, just to be in the space is, is a privilege and it wasn't easy getting here. Um, it's quite, it's quite, there's quite a lot of, of hoops you need to jump through in order to even be able to, to supply apprenticeships to anybody in the first instance, all the due diligence that goes through. And I think one of the good things that Paul has just alluded to is that he understands all of those things too. And, and that's really useful for us because clearly we are monitored uh, for our success rates through Ofsted, through the um, education inspection framework, our endpoint assessments, uh, organisations, awarding bodies, the Department for Education. Once you're in this space, your, your expectations are really huge. And it's been lovely to work with Paul because it's it really has been in a, a, a relationship that he understands those, side, those sides of things. So um, the point is that we we just work together very, very, very closely. Any issues that, that come along, we, we're on it immediately and we work together for solutions. So, so um, and I think from, from WorkPay's ethos point of view, um, um, and you talked about WorkPay's then, what, what about WorkPay's? Our ethos is small change, big difference. And I think that is something that we do on a regular basis. And we we were constantly tweaking up with all little things to make that big difference. And it has done. And it's great from my perspective to see how that's grown over the last couple of years too. How do you propose those sort of changes and work together? Because that that sounds like a lot of work and a lot of agreement and a lot of, you know, it, a lot of friction could, could result from that. Oh my gosh, it's not easy. No, exactly. So how does that relationship work when you are constantly tweaking? It's not easy, George. It's, 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 it's through us, I mean, uh, the, the, the work, the working relationship we have with Paul uh, and the cooperative bank is for us the epitome of how I would want all of our 
all of our relationships to be and it's the gold standard that we're working to now and it has been that transition period as I've said over the last two years I remember Paul when you first came into this space um, and he was immediately a big advocate for apprenticeships not having really worked with them previously and we worked together so much on on the, the rhymes and reasons about what apprenticeships are all about. And it's been lovely to see how Paul has brought that into the bank and it's been there, it's now their, their main focus. But um, but yes, working together, we have regular calls. I'm sure Paul that we, we catch up all the time uh, at all different levels. So even as managing director, I've been brought into to meetings with, with your senior leadership team as well, Paul, when we're looking to bring on new programmes, we work together to see how that fits within the bank, for example. Uh, recently we've just looked at a new standard and we haven't just gone off and created this standard we've had meetings uh, to show how they're already delivering in in the in the bank so that we can then incorporate that within to the standard and make it a, de a better delivery model going forward so planning and partnerships with employers is, is really key it's people tend some some providers will go off and and and, and have a, a set, set model for us it's it's around having a set model but that we can tweak for whoever we're working with and make and make it fit within their delivery model too and also the employer does deliver part of it or can deliver part of it as well so it would be stupid of us not to be working together and duplicating things that don't need to be duplicated which we we found clearly in the last uh, the last planning meeting we had talking a lot about you know the partnerships obviously between Workbase and the cooperative bank but there's a obviously a third element in that and that's the apprentices themselves and where do they fit in to these negotiation levels as partnership it's 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 tripartite from for us isn't it paul in terms of there's three people always in this relationship and whilst we've got this qualification that we're delivering to the learner and the learner is always central to everything um it's always got to be that learner and every learner is different uh but it's in it's really important that wrapping around that 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 model of the apprenticeship is this tripartite very successful relationship so um, whether that's the training development coach that works very closely with the apprentice at the, at the, at the coal phase, working together, they also link into you, Paul. Paul then links into me, our uh, head of work-based learning. And, and that relationship is constant communication. As I said, we have regular meetings each week, just, just catch-ups. Um, you will also have catch-ups with the training development coaches, Paul, won't you? And then it's also a more more strategic meeting on a, on a monthly basis where we start planning for the future, seeing what's coming through, what's needed, and then we can start planning for new things in ahead of it so it fits in with timelines of the employer. Yeah, I think the apprentices, are, they come first. You know, that that's it, the bottom line. They come first. They're learning, they're experienced. Um, you know, one of the key things that I wanted to do when I first took on this position was to ensure that all of the learners had a point of contact had somebody that they could go to if there were any issues, anything that needed mitigating on, which is very rare, but from time to time, you know, that, that happens. And it's about making sure that there's a support network in place for them and ensuring that we provide adequate off the job, not off the job, sorry, but adequate on the job training, but within, mm. you know, the, the, within the work time. So the 20% off the job training, ensuring that we plan that effectively from a bank perspective, so that apprentices get their time to complete their work, to build their portfolio, to revise, prepare for their endpoint assessments. And I've tried my best to be a, a huge advocate for that across the business and to ensure that leaders, uh, senior leaders, exec, is everybody's aware of the impact, the positive impact that apprenticeships can have on our business. Mm. 
that it's got to be right and the learner always has to be put first. Otherwise, it just won't work. How important is that partnership, both in terms of supplying you with the best talent and giving your apprentices the best level of support? Very. Uh, and both of those are things that work pays achieve. Uh, so, you know, if I go back to what I said earlier on about the latest cohorts that we've had and brought in on apprenticeships from the start of the journey with us at the Cooperative Bank, the candidates that we've had so far have, have been fantastic. Um, and then at the same time, mm. in terms of the support that they provide learners, so the training and development coaches that we work with, um, so there's, you know, there's three that, that spring to mind, Joyce, Jess and Ryan, who uh, we've worked with really closely over the last couple of years. The support that they provide the learners, and I, I won't overuse this, but is phenomenal. They, we've had some amazing mm. feedback from the learners themselves about how their, their TDC, their training and development coach, has supported them through the program. Um, we had one learner recently who had some very specific challenges uh, that they needed to overcome and the training development coach just did absolutely everything to ensure that that learner was able to to pass that and overcome those challenges i won't go into too much detail you know mm. it's a personal matter but you know to be able to to do that and, and the effort and know the effort that was put in by the training development coach to support that learner you know i also know that that learner mm-hmm. um happened to uh, buy, buy a couple of gifts and, and some flowers and say thank you and you know for me that's that's it that, that's that's it in a nutshell it's it's yeah. working with somebody on their development and that person being appreciative of the help and support that's been provided and you know as a learning professional that's all you can ask for is that how you see the role of a training provider Anne? yes absolutely uh, that it is and um, and you've just you've just said about the training and development coaches and how they work with you guys for us it's when we when we're recruiting staff into into our into our workplace family as we call it we uh, we we need to make sure that they're that not just have got the qualification in order to deliver a qualification but it's making sure we've got somebody mm. with the right ethos that fits with what we what we're all about and it's it's going those extra miles and it's making sure that they're there when they need to be and i know we've got some really good you just mentioned them paul they're, they're really formidable um the ones that are working with you guys and and as are others as well but um i mean i even i even think about during the pandemic and how how they went the extra mile obviously lots of pastoral care during those times well you know making sure people were were still motivated um that was key and i think with the, some of the street to seat ones in one of the cohorts have got quite a few young people came through the ranks at that point it's making sure that we give we deliver an extra modules that are not necessarily part and parcel of the actual um um standard but things regarding like you know mental health support you know they've been at home for so long mm-hmm. and suddenly they've got the job mm-hmm. with all of this how are we how are we maintaining that and we worked together on that really well as well Paul didn't we to maintain that and going forward learning lessons and I think that's something else that that we do as a partnership we learn lessons together and um, we constantly evaluate and you guys evaluate we evaluate and we come together and if something's not quite working we'll tweak it we just don't continue doing something that's not working and and we're very quick at doing that and heading it off before it becomes a problem um so so yeah i'd say that was that is another really big part of our partnership you mentioned there about the pandemic and how the role of the training provider had to change didn't it but how much do you think it's changed for good, I suppose. What have you learned during that time that you will take forward in the way that you provide training? 
different ways of doing things definitely we were forced into into stuff like this we know we were we were doing things mm. technology suddenly became paramount overnight we created an online learning platform for other parts of our business because we had to we didn't close our doors for one minute neither did the cooperative bank so we continued uh, our relationship suffered with with not being able to uh, have um uh, Teams calls and Zoom calls because of the bank restrictions, but we managed to get over that, didn't we? We we found other solutions around that. So so we we worked on it and we continued as normal normal whatever normal was at that point. Going forward, <laughs> uh, we we're using far more uh, technology now, looking at more efficient ways of working. Um, you know, uh, we were probably travelling around the country doing all sorts of things when we were better placed doing things on maybe doing things to groups on 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 screen now. Web, we do a lot of web uh, webinars on uh, to to groups of people all over the country now. They all still come together. It's the same thing, but it just becomes much more efficient. Um, so yeah, it's it's helped us to look at different ways of working, but more efficient ways of working. I think, um, yeah, very good. Before I let you go, can I ask you about a really fantastic event that Workplace held during the recent National Apprenticeship Week? It was called the Big Assembly. Just tell us a bit about that, if you would. Oh my gosh, we're so Workplace is so proud of the Big Assembly. I, I actually looked earlier on to see when we actually started. I thought it must be about four years. It's not. We started in twenty seventeen was our very first one, and and it's just gone from strength to strength every year. Um, we, we it's got wider and in, incorporated more more people and, and more 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 ideas. And I think this year was was really pivotal in the terms of we brought in a lot of employers, um, and uh, we work with um we have a contract called uh, Ask. It's Apprenticeship Schools Knowledge, and we're already going out reaching out to schools to talk about the benefits of apprenticeships. Um, we, we speak to hundreds of teachers and uh, parents and thousands of pupils every year. And it, it was born through that a big assembly was initially, um, hence the fact it's called assembly. But um, but that, that was born at that point in time to reach out and it's just become bigger and bigger. So this year we decided we'd get more, more employers involved because we think from, from the outside looking in, if they can see people and hear people doing, uh, which is all part and parcel of the big assembly this time, and with with the cooperative bank supported us as well. We had Coca Cola in there, quite a few different. It was it was uh, filmed down at Pratt in London, so it, it had a much bigger impact this year mm. because people could actually see the real things that are really happening out there. Um, and I know we've got quite a lot of other em employers now uh, wanting to get involved with us. So I would I would say anybody who wants to go and wants to look at our we, we've. We've got. I don't know if you're going to send it in in the in this in this when you put it out, Georgie. But we've got. If you go onto the big assembly, uh, find it, and you can see what we're all about. But it would be great to have as many employees as we can on board in lots of different vocations because, as you quite rightly said earlier on, um, we need to be working together, as Mother Trade said. <laughs> we do indeed. Thank you so much to Anne, to Paul, to Anna, as always, and to you, of course, for listening to this episode of All About Apprenticeships. If you want to get in touch to have your say on anything we've been talking about today, you can find the HomeServe Foundation on Twitter at HSV underscore foundation. Just use the hashtag All About Apprenticeships. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please do leave a rating and hit subscribe. It helps other people find us.